Hello, everyone. This is Deb McBride, and welcome to my astrology podcast. It is Sunday, April 21st, 2019, and it is Easter Sunday, so happy Easter and happy Passover as well, which was yesterday. The beginning of Passover was yesterday. I wish everyone happy holidays if you're celebrating. So we have a number of interesting things this week. The sun is now in Taurus as of yesterday, and tomorrow it meets with the planet Uranus. So this happens once a year. So the sun, as you know, goes through 12 signs in a year, and it is only in a sign for about a month, as we know through our sun sign astrology. And therefore, you know, the sun does not go retrograde. The moon does not go retrograde. So the lights don't retrograde. The other planets do. Since that's the case, once a year, it's going to connect with the other planets. And really, this is an event that we expect to happen only once. And we feel it for a couple of days before, the day of, and then a couple of days after. And it's important because, again, it only happens once a year. So when the sun conjuncts Uranus, and now it's in Taurus, which is going to happen tomorrow evening, Eastern time, 7 or 5 p.m. So when the sun conjuncts a planet like Uranus, we look at the experience of the light of the sun combined with the outer planet's energy. And Uranus, in this case, is the eclectic planet, the planet of innovation, the planet of brilliance and genius, the planet of great changes, the planet of movement and electricity and sometimes surprises, sometimes very subtle changes. Now, what I believe one should do when one sees this energy coming, and we have advanced notice because I'm telling you, <laughs> and I told you last week, uh, I believe when we have this energy available to us, we should use it. We should not sit around going, oh my goodness, the sun is conjuncting Uranus. What is this going to mean? You take the energy and you use it in your life. So you, in the case of Uranus, you would say, okay, what kind of creative, brilliant work can I dream up in these next couple of days? Uh, what kind of creative project can I sink my teeth into? What innovative changes can I make in my life? What can I do to bring some shifts and changes forward that refresh my house, my life, my world, my work? And that's what you want to do. Because when that energy is available, some Uranus, we need some sort of nice shift, change, movement of energy. And if you're not energy moving, if you're not doing some moving of energy in your life, then sometimes the energy decides to move you on its own, which is why I think it's good to be prepared for these things and take the bull by the horns, haha, <laughs> no pun intended, it's for Taurus, but <laughs> take the action and take the action where you want to make the changes in your life. Now, you know where Taurus is. And you know where you need to uh, make those changes in that house or area of your chart, if you know where that is. 
And I recommend looking at that area of your life and saying, okay, I know I need to make some newness happen here because Uranus is all about the new and the innovative and the wow. And so where can I start wowing this area of my life? And where can I infuse it with electricity and some excitement and some generation of new energy? Where can I be innovative in this area? Where can I think of something that I haven't done before? What can I do to bring some sort of exciting change to my life? And that's what we're looking at. That's what we want to do. That's what we have to sort of prepare ourselves for. Now, Taurus, as I've mentioned, is a very fixed sign and it's a very earthbound sign. So that's the area that grows very slowly in our charts. It's sort of like agriculture. You know, it takes a long time to get your farm up and running. You know, Taurus is a very slow moving sign and to infuse it with energy like Uranus speeds things up. So if you are a Taurus, you are going to feel this quite a bit. And if you feel like, you know, you haven't budged because that area, that area might have some cobwebs in it. And the exciting thing is now we're getting the opportunity to make some changes there. So we can dust off the cobwebs, swing open the door, let the air in and feel the electricity coming our way. And that's, that's what you have to do in your Taurus house now, because Taurus is, you know, an area where we can make very strong effort because it is very fixed. We can, you know, it's, it's an earthy material sign and we can make real material things happen in our life. And that can be very valuable. Taurus is a sign of money. It rules the second house of, of the general astrological chart. It rules the second house. And so when we have a sun Uranus there, we want to think about innovative ways, innovative ways to make money, innovative ways to clear out the cobwebs of that area of our life where have we been a little lackluster or slow or not innovative. Maybe we're just doing the same old routine because, you know, Taurus is fixed. They like things, you know, they like to get their coffee at the same place every morning. They like to go to their work and have it be nice and serene and calm. They are ruled by Venus and they like it to be nice and serene and calm. And so where would you like to refresh that area of your chart? Because if you don't start thinking about it, it will be presented to you. And then you're going to have to start thinking about it. So it's better for you to take the initiative, and that's always a good thing, take the initiative, and Tauruses don't always take the initiative, and refresh that area of your life. And think about where that area is and what needs a little excitement. Where we've gotten too comfortable. This is not about comfort. Outer planets coming through houses and showing up in new signs and making sign changes. This is not about comfort. <laughs> this is about making something new happen in that area. So I advise everyone to take that Uranian energy and be innovative. Do something different. Don't do what's expected of you. Try something new. Try something new just for the sake of trying something new. Eat at a different restaurant. 
um, you know, turn things upside down a little bit. It's Uranus. We're allowed to do whatever we want. Be free. Be liberated. Liberation is a Uranian keyword. We like liberation. Houses where Uranus visits, wherever we have Uranus. We can't be pinned down. We can't be hemmed in. And if you're dealing with a very strong earthbound sign, the earthier you are, you know, in that area, the more, the more grounded and plugged into the earth, the more you're going to have to turn the soil. You know, when you're making a new crop, you have to turn the soil or do crop rotation, stuff like that. So think about it in agricultural terms because that's Taurus. <laughs> and, you know, we want to turn the dirt. We want to put the shovel in and dig it up and start mixing things up a bit. So that is a good thing to do when the sun comes to Uranus. You don't want surprises. You don't want to be, because Taurus, you know, earth signs don't like surprises, especially fixed signs don't like surprises. And Uranus can be very surprising. So this is where we want to take the energy and, you know, be innovative and different and look at things from a different perspective. So that's step number one this week. Number two is that Pluto is going to retrograde on Wednesday. And that's at 2.45 p.m. Eastern time. Now, again, outer planets, when they make movements, outer planets do not do this very often. So we have one Sun-Uranus conjunction a year, and that's tomorrow. We have Pluto going retrograde once, and it will stay retrograde till October. So half the population is born with Pluto retrograde because it's only retrograde for half the year. It's not like Mercury where it's three weeks and then it's finished. But Pluto's been stationing this month. Pluto gets slow, like all stationary planets do. And it's at 23 degrees of Capricorn. And it's going to be in a very strong stable place because it's again in her sign and then we're going to get Saturn next Monday so the two of them traveling close together in the same area of the zodiac are going to retrograde very close to one another and we are we are paying we are paying but when Pluto goes retrograde he really goes into that underworld and these are internal experiences so transformation, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel transformation. It's not like, oh, nothing's going to change for six months. That's not true. You're going to be working with the energy of Pluto kind of invisibly, not seen because he's under the surface, in the underworld, doing his job behind the scenes internally. And then usually what happens when Pluto goes direct in six months is that we start to see something uh, the fruits of our labor really come forward, especially in an earth sign. We really see where we've done the work and how we've managed to produce something amazing from that. So again, internal work. Pluto is about transformation. It's always about going within. It's always about looking into the underworld. But this time, you know, when it goes retrograde at this time of year, we seek to really have an internal experience of our transformation. We, we really do seek to go within and it's, it's a collective planet. So there is a withdrawal. It doesn't mean we're going to shut the windows and shades and stay in for six months. We go on with our life. It's a very subtle thing. You know, anybody who doesn't follow astrology isn't going to recognize that Pluto's going retrograde. But when you have the opportunity 
and you're listening to a podcast such as this one, you have the opportunity to know about this. This is a really good thing to do. It's like, oh, I'm going to start that internal maybe exercise program or, you know, internal therapeutic program or something that represents the internal part of that area of your life. Again, if you know where Capricorn is in your chart, you go in, go within and you sort of visit that area and, and sort of the maybe more underworld qualities of that area, the, the hidden stuff, the stuff that we don't look at every day. Maybe things become more available to you in a, in a way that they're not when Pluto's direct. You know, we're marching along, going forward, and then we stop, and Pluto takes this necessary step backwards. We And that's what we do in life. We take a step back. We step back, we look around, we go within, and that's when we start to get answers. So that's the other thing happening this week. Then on Thursday, the 25th, the moon is going to be in Capricorn. So it will enter Capricorn on Tuesday evening, Eastern time, stay there Wednesday, Thursday. And one of the things that's important to pay attention to in these next months is that the moon, when it goes into Capricorn, makes an occultation to Saturn and then to Pluto. So this happened last month. It's happening this Thursday. The occultation means that the moon is passing in front of the planet and hiding its light. So it's like an eclipse. So, you know, when we have eclipses, that's what's happening between the sun and the moon. One is hiding the other. But, you know, the moon is in Capricorn and Saturn and Pluto are in Capricorn. So the interesting thing is not just passing through Capricorn with them. It's passing over their light. It's hiding their light for a bit. So when something's hidden, we don't see it. We don't feel it. We, are, we have an internal experience or we go very deeply into it. Remember, the moon is our satellite on the Earth, and it's our moon that is passing in front of these two planets. So my feeling is that it's best to, again, pay attention to what's going on Thursday. How do you feel? Because your emotions are, well, you know, it's the moon. It's our emotions. Everybody's got a moon in their chart and we pay attention to the moon on a daily basis and it rolls the tides and how the tides of how we're feeling every day. So when it hits Saturn at 10:33 a.m. Eastern time, and then it goes to Pluto at 3:48 p.m. Eastern time. So the, the distance between Saturn and Pluto is closer. So there's only a few hours between these two occultations. That means that during that time, it's really good to do some very, good investigation. Now, most people are at work at that time um, in the Northern Hemisphere, in the East Coast. And if you're in the middle of the country, yes, in the United States, depends on where you live. It might be in the middle of the night for you somewhere. Um, but this is an important moment because it's going to keep happening every month with Capricorn moon. And the moon goes into Capricorn every 28 days. So we're going to see this very interesting dynamic of lunar lunar energy passing in front of Saturn and passing in front of Pluto. Now, Saturn is the planet of discipline and duty and and it and rules and structure. And we're in a Capricorn, that's a Capricorn planet. It, it, so the energy of rules and structure and discipline and duty 
might not be evident. Um, it, it hides Saturn's light, which is, so we might be craving structure. We might be craving some sort of discipline. Um, like, you know, I really have to start that diet. I really have to start exercising something that is regular. Um, so when we feel this Saturn getting touched by the moon, and I mean, it's a minute, you know, the moon passes in front of it. Moon moves very quickly. If it's passing in front of Saturn and then Pluto a few hours later, this is not something that's going to go on agonizing or anything. <laughs> this is something where we appreciate the moon's deeper sense of connection with the planet. So it's not just whizzing by, it's going to hide the light. And so the moon in our, in our life is, you know, a deeper sense of emotion, connection, um, a deeper sense of how, how we're feeling. We might be really sensitive. And last month, I remember it being a very sensitive, intuitive time. And I was picking up very strong energies from in a variety of places. And you should really tune in on Thursday. If you can, give the time. Really make some effort to tune in to where that is happening because it's very subtle. This is subtle energy is passing in front of planets. You know, if you're in your work day, it's Capricorn, you're going to be working, but if you can tune in and spend some time reviewing, revising, understanding, because last month when that happened, I felt, I really felt the sense of going from, Again, that Saturn to that Pluto, that sense of, wow, I just got zapped by something, but then I'm going to turn it around and empower myself. And that's exactly what I had to do. So each of us is going to have some sort of experience of that, um, wherever it is, where you need to look at where you feel maybe a little drained, maybe your energy sapped, maybe you had a meeting and the energy was in the meeting was draining, or maybe you got up and you're not feeling quite well. Maybe you're, you're just coming down with something. This is where that turning point comes. And it's really important to connect and pay attention to this. Because if you can do that, you're going to watch that moon, that experience, move from Saturn to Pluto. From, wow, I think my energy's gone, I need a nap, to, wow, I feel completely energized. I think I'm going to turn this situation around and take control over it and not allow something to get in my way because Saturn can present obstacles. Anything can present obstacles, but Saturn really does give us obstacles and it's the obstacle that teaches us the lesson Saturn. So if the moon is approaching Saturn, we need to pay attention. What's the lesson? What do we learn here? Where do we need to sort of grasp something and turn the key and turn it around and Grab that empowerment that Pluto is showing us. That last one was back on March 29th. And they were overnight, middle of the night. And so they were not obvious, but it wasn't until they really passed. And they really passed through it. And we had to 
knew, we sort of knew what we had to do and, and connect with empowerment on a certain level. And that can be very exciting. This is going to give you a real sense of how to deal with Saturn and Pluto in the coming year and a half. This is going to give you a real connection and understanding if you watch this. Watch, take some notes. Watch your emotions through the day. Watch the dynamics of people during the day. What are you feeling in the subtle energies? If you can tune into that, if you can be aware of it and be present for it, what are you feeling in the subtle energies? What's it telling you? Where do you need to take, sort of stand up and take control and take your power back? It doesn't mean you're going to boss people around. It may feel like you are becoming aware of something in yourself that's awakening and alivening and changing. And that's very exciting, but you need to own it and be present with it because it's not just going to, you know, show up and be part of your life. You have to grab it and own it. So this is something to be very aware of as we go through these occultations. We're going to have them every month for a while. There'll be one in May as well on the 22nd. And it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the moon over Saturn and Pluto. And it's like having a little eclipse every month. But this is, this is interesting because the repeated dynamic of this is going to get us very used to, very accustomed to opening that door and really understanding what Saturn and Pluto together are trying to tell each and every one of us. So watch for it Thursday, Thursday morning and Thursday afternoon, if you're in the East coast and have a look at where that could be happening in your chart. Then later in the week on Saturday, we have Mars squaring Neptune and Mars is in Gemini and it will be squaring Neptune and Pisces. And this is interesting because they are not, they are not exactly the most friendliest of planets. <laughs> They're an interesting pair. Mars is in Gemini, wants to get up, be alive, you know, have energy, talk to people, network, do lots of things at the same time. Neptune doesn't do that. Neptune wants to roll over and go back to sleep. <laughs> and so, when we have the experience of Mars and Neptune together in a square, which is a challenging aspect, we are embracing something different. So it's a square. So that means we are challenged or we have to face a challenge. And Mars wants to assert, and Neptune doesn't necessarily want to assert, and Neptune wants to intuit. So there could be a place where you need to assert how you're feeling or connect with your intuition and make it conscious because Mars is a Gemini, a very conscious mind planet where Neptune and Pisces is very much about the ethers and the intuition and the spirit world. So maybe what you need to do is talk to your spirit guides or talk to your intuition and have a conversation with yourself intuitively about things. Or you just need to take, pay quick attention and listen to your insights and instincts and go with them because Gemini always gives us a choice. There's always a couple of things going on there. And we have one way we can go or another way we can go. And so maybe the best way to, to use that energy is to just sort of tune in. What's your intuition saying? Hmm, what's my gut feeling on this? Okay, I'm going to go with that. And when it's challenged, you know, challenging Neptune, Mars and Neptune often are subtle energies. Um, be careful when you're dealing with people. Be careful if you're negotiating something. This is, this is an energy, and Mars and Neptune is a little sneaky. 
because Mars is a direct planet and Neptune is not. And when they come head to head with each other like this, they often reveal some interesting things. First of all, you might be aware of where you might be manipulated in your life or where you might be perceived as being manipulative. This is a manipulative aspect at its, and one of its energies is manipulative. Another energy is it's insightful and creative. And like I said, you know, pay attention to your gut, make a decision that way. But this can be a place where we feel uh, sort of, there's a sleight of hand. And that's an interesting term because it's in Gem, Mars and Gemini and that rules the hands and the arms. And so maybe there's a sleight of hand going on somewhere that you observe or you become aware of. Just, again, pay attention. Don't, it's not a great weekend to assert yourself in like, you know, we need to talk and I've got to blah, blah, blah. We've got to strategize. But yeah, it's a strategy. It's a bit of a strategy, but it's a subtle strategy. And you need to be aware of the subtle strategy. It's not plowing through the front door. This is not, you know, Mars, Pluto. This is Mars, Neptune. And so the energy to take on here is to, if you really need to talk to someone about something important or confront someone or have some sort of delicate conversation, go through the back door. If you need to get your way somewhere or make yourself heard in a nice way, because maybe the other person is a little grouchy and you have to approach them about something, maybe you need to ask for a raise or something at work. I would somehow find that back door and go through it because that's what Mars and Neptune do. They go through the back door. It's uh, an interesting time also actively. Mars is often very sporty. Neptune isn't. So be careful playing sports and, and you may have something you don't even know what it is. Like, oh, why is my back hurt? You know, just be careful with that energy because you can do something where you stretch a little too hard and, and, you uh, aren't aware of it. So be, be very careful. So the rest of the week is, so the moon's in Sagittarius right now, and it's going to be in Sag until uh, 7.43 a.m. Well, it's going to be in Sag till late on Tuesday, Eastern time. goes void at 7.43 a.m. on Tuesday. It's going to be void all day Tuesday. Try not to do anything new on Tuesday. <laughs> um, 6.50 p.m. it goes into Capricorn, and then it's in Capricorn for a couple days. And then on Thursday, it goes void right after the occultation to Pluto at 3.48 p.m. Eastern Time. So when we are looking at that occultation, pay attention, because it's that's the last aspect before the void moon, and it's going to be void until the next wee hours of the next morning when it goes into Aquarius on Friday. So I advise you to pay attention. That, that might be a lingering energy when it hits Pluto. It might be something that you have to like subtly pay attention to. See, last month after Pluto, it's trying Mars. So there were aspects after it. This time there's not going to be. So again, watch this, observe it, take some notes, see what you think. And then we move into Aquarius where the moon will be Friday, all day, Saturday, Sunday, the 28th, uh, wee hours, it will, it's going to be void all day, Sunday to the 28th in Aquarius, and then in the evening it will go into Pisces, and it's Sunday. So just have a good Sunday next week. Relax, enjoy yourself. Don't push yourself too hard. We're going to talk about Saturn next week with the Saturn will retrograde, but for now, that's our week. So we've got Sun Uranus tomorrow. 
We've got Pluto turning retrograde on Wednesday for six months. We've got the occultation on Thursday that I want you to pay attention to. And we've got Mars Neptune on Saturday. Very busy week and exciting. So my name is Deb McBride. My website is debmcbride.com. You can write to me, deb at debmcbride.com if you would like a session. I do astrological sessions for 90 minutes. My Instagram and my Twitter are at devastrology. And I invite you to look at my website and contact me with questions. And if you have any comments about this, these aspects and you're interested in knowing more. Thank you very much for listening. I wish you a good week.